Welcome to Kishwaukee Bible Church. Good morning. All right, so uh, at the beginning of the summer, we rolled out that new doctrinal statement, or the rough draft of that, right? And I don't know if you remember, but there was also with that kind of a new mission statement for KBC. And there's a few phrases from that that I want to pull out. Um, it's talking about who we want to be as a body, what we want to be about. It says, each week we gather together to remind each other of what God's done for us in Jesus and what God's doing through us in the world. And we live out what we learn from God's word by loving Jesus, loving Jesus' followers, loving this world that Jesus loved, and all summed up with, we're following Jesus by growing Jesus followers. So we want this morning, as we talk about what we did in the Czech Republic, to be tied to those things. And I hope you'll hear those themes repeated over and over again in what we share. Um, in Czech, they like to use this little format where they like get, bring people up and interview them. They call it talk show. So in that theme, we're doing talk show this morning with the Czech team. Um, so I'm going to ask them some questions. This is our, our Czech team this year. We also had Andrew Leston. Hope Jesmer and Ryan Hudson, who are all out of state, so they're not here with us. Um, but yeah, so for anyone who doesn't know, just a quick little intro, um, we went to help with a performing arts camp uh, in the Czech Republic, which we've done, this was our fifth year doing that from KBC. And the camp that we work at is a joint venture between Josiah Venture, which is a parachurch organization that works with local churches to reach young people in Eastern Europe. And then Clickostel, which is a branch of City Church, um, the bigger church there. We've been working with them for the last few years. And the pastor of City Church is Milan Michalko, who is the missionary that we support as a church and who was here last fall. I think some of you had a chance to meet him. So with that little backdrop for everyone who needs it, um, my first question is for Jill. Can you give us a summary of what the 18 days of this trip look like for this team? Sure. In uh, two minutes or less, right? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay um, we left in an evening flight, so it's nice to be able to sleep on the plane to get over there. Um, we arrived early in the morning, and then we still had a two-hour drive um, to Ostrava, um, which is where we um, met up with everybody, um, who then we drove out to Malinovica, which was our training ground. And while we were there, we learned what to expect at Fusion Camp, learned a few cultural things. Um, we also learned to always choose the Frisbee which meant that we um, always needed to choose time to spend with, our, with the students who were there as opposed to doing what we wanted to do, um, just as a way to serve them. Um, after training for about three days, we headed out to our camp. And don't ask me to pronounce the name of the hotel. I could not do that. <laughs> um, Czech is a very hard language to learn with a lot of chess sounds, so I would really, really mess it up. Um, while we were there at camp, we had a daily routine of getting up in the morning early for staff meeting, breakfast, camp dance practice, um, which was always an aerobic workout. Um, then we had choir rehearsal, which lasted for a couple of hours, which these were the songs that we performed at the end of camp for the students, parents, and friends. Um, after choir rehearsal, we'd have a workshop, um, art, drama, um, guitar, drums, vocal, it just depended on what your specialty was. Um, lunch, followed by a little break time, followed by English time, which is what we were really there for and really enjoyed doing. Um, levels from beginning English, where they could hardly 
say more than hi, my name is, whatever, um, to having deep discussions um, about Christmas in July, which was one of our themes. Um, after English, we had another workshop time where they kept on rehearsing the stuff that they were going to do at the end of the week. And then dinner with a little bit of free time. And then every evening we had a gospel presentation followed by discussion group time, which was just really a time to delve in deep, hear the hearts of the students, and just be able to um, disciple them and, and get to know them more. Um, after the whole week at camp, we headed back to Ostrava. Most of us were on a very hot bus with no air condition. While it had been nice and 70 degrees in the mountains, the city was like 90 plus degrees, and it was miserable. <laughs> so, um, once we arrived there, we set up for the concert, and it was so cool to see just a bunch of the family and friends show up. Almost every student had someone there for them, um, which was just really, really neat to see. Um, and really encouraged them to, as they showed off the work, uh, the um, songs that they had worked on so hard um, all week. Um, after that, we had Sunday, which we got to go to church at Clickestow. And then the next few days, we hung out in Ostrava and spent a lot of one-on-one -on -one time with the students. Um, we got to go up once again into the mountains and be a part of baptism of two of the girls who had been at camp, which was really, really awesome. Um, and then as our fun day, um, our touristy day, we did take time to travel across the border into Poland and visit Auschwitz, which was just a whole entire learning experience in itself. Um, made you really, really thankful for what we do have and how we are able to worship God freely. Um, and then after that, we headed on back to the U.S., which was another long flight, but we all made it back. And if that sounds exhausting, it was, um, but refreshing at the same time, right? So it's this weird combination of you're totally wiped out, but you're totally energized. Um, so thank you, Jill, for summing that up. Um, real quick, do you have a favorite memory or event out of all of that? I don't know if it's my favorite, but it's definitely memorable, was the 15-kilometer survivor hike, up one mountain, down one mountain, up another mountain, down halfway that mountain, all done at night. So that was cool. Starts at midnight, ends whenever you get back. <laughs> they were troopers. Um, so David, David and Andrew, this was their first time. The rest of us had been before. So as a first timer, David, um, what's something that was difficult about the trip and maybe something that surprised you? Uh, I'd say one of the most difficult things was not knowing anybody there, really. Uh, and just uh, the surprising thing was though it took like two days for everybody to really get comfortable with everybody and all of a sudden everybody just seemed like kind of one large family and the amazing thing you can spend just like a week with people and feel like you've spent months or even a year with them and that was kind of the kind of the surprising thing and uh, it's a very enjoyable time just getting to know everybody and uh, making new friendships in that short amount of time. Thanks. 
Yeah, our team is kind of like one big family. I told them that, you know, you've got the grandparents to everybody here, I'm everyone's mom, Jill is everybody's aunt, and then you've got all the kids who just do their kid thing. So um, one, bi one big fam. All right, Jim, what are some of the ways that God used this KBC team to show his love and to help grow Jesus followers in the Czech Republic? Yeah. Which uh, you could go on and on and on and on, I, I know. This could be just... like an hour and a half, but uh, I know you don't want to hear me for 90 minutes, so I'll just try to keep it to two or three. Uh, first of all, just being there with the, with the people of Click Hostel, the students of Fusion Camp, I think being there speaks volumes to God's love for them, to them. Um, they are not a... a culture of people who really value themselves. They've never felt valued. And for people who claim Christ to come and speak into their lives from 7,000 miles away, I think that means an awful lot to them. Um, and praise God for that, that he allowed us to do that. Um, uh, Jill mentioned the evening worship, and then afterwards we had a talk show somewhere of this, where one of, these, one of us would be up and answer some questions pertinent to the message given that night. And in that, we, not me, actually not me particularly, but many of us responded very, in a very vulnerable manner, in open manner to these students about these questions. And they were hard subjects that they were covered. And this opened doors, big doors, to have further conversations one-on-one -on -one with students where they felt comfortable to know more about, well, how to, you know, they could see God was working in, in our lives to get us through these struggles and they just wanted more and more of that. They wanted to know God's love even more and, and, the, and the grace of Jesus Christ. So that was a big thing. Um, uh, gosh, I could go on. Oh, well, we had the, the baptism was awesome because uh, commitments in the Czech Republic are a huge thing as well. They take them very seriously. And the two young women who had uh, asked to be baptized, and actually they invited Amber to be part, be part of that, uh, they understand that this is a huge turning point in their commitment in their walk with the Lord. And yet they, they so wanted to do it and they were so grateful that, that we could be there to worship with them and, and participate in that with them. Also the encouragement that we were able to give some of the student leaders, uh, Martin Sikorsky, great guy, I love that kid. And he taught for the very first time in one of the lessons that, that week. Um, and uh, Vicki and Aliska, these young women last summer took it upon themselves to coordinate and, and uh, organize this entire camp. And they poured their hearts into this thing and it really showed. Um, being able to connect with the families, being able to, to connect uh, with, the, with the local churches, and also uh, striving to have the, the students at the camp connect with people in the local church for follow-up and, and a, a, a year's worth of discipleship at least so they could get just grow in Christ. I think those are some ways. Thanks. Yeah, it was really fun for me to see each of our team members um, just using their gifts, the same gifts I see them using here. Um, you know, Annalise with her enthusiasm and her energy and her ability to reach out to pretty much anybody. You know, my parents being the like, you know, the consummate parent and grandparents to everybody and just kind of coming alongside and you know, seeing David and Andrew stepping out and just, you know, reaching out to different people. Um, Jill just kind of doing the quiet, like meeting all these needs there. These are the things that they do here, um, but it's really hard to then step someplace new. This is a different culture, very different than the U.S. in many ways, um, but also similar. Like the struggles are the same, needs are the same, um, but to see them stretch uh, past their comfort zone to engage students, um, I just saw so many great things happen, and it was just really exciting to watch. So I'm grateful for that. Um, so Jeanette, mom, 
This camp, uh, and Clickostel as a church, uh, is actually geared primarily towards uh, high school and college students. There's a few young couples, so it's a pretty young demographic. Um, and let's just say that you're not in that same age demographic. Uh, so <laughs> what made you want to go? And how was it for you trying to connect with them? And how do you feel that God used you, not just in spite of your age difference, but maybe even because of it? Well, that's a very good question. Um, I just feel like this, as we've been talking about God's story, and I really have been pondering on that and looking at how God's story is actually my story. And God's story of faithfulness, redemption, salvation is my story also. And in spite of years that I spent living apart from God and in rebellion to God, he did redeem me in his faithfulness and his love. And I've been really, last year when I went, I felt like I wasn't really able to share too much of my story, but I did build some relationships. And when I went back this year, and, and before I went, I'm like, okay, God, how do you want to use me? Are they even going to care what I have to say? You know, what difference am I going to make? So I prayed a lot about it. And he brought to mind for me just wasted years. And at this stage of my life, I can look back and I regret the wasted years, but I also see God's faithfulness and his redemption in where he's brought me from the wasted years to where I am now, growing in him and loving him and having his peace. And I just wanted to share with these students the difference and how short life is and to not waste their life in meaningless pursuits um, and lives that are totally rebellious to God and to their families probably too. Um, and to be able to share that with them in some vulnerable way. Well, I was actually asked to do one of the talk shows, but because of circumstances, it ended up that that didn't happen. So I'm like, okay, Lord, you had me spend a day walking around the woods talking to you and going over my life and being grateful for what you've done in my life, and if there's any way I can share this, so be it. It's your plan. It's not mine. It didn't look exactly like we thought, but it's okay because you have a plan. So one evening, um, one of the girls I connected with last year was struggling, and I saw that. So I asked her if she wanted to talk, and we went, we went to another room, and we talked, and she shared what was going on with her, and it was very similar to what I had gone through at that age, and was able to share with her my story one-on-one, -on -one and to pray with her, and to encourage her to not be sucked into what her friends had to say or wanted to do or any of those things, but to really follow the Lord and to put the Bible up on her Bible so she'd have it with her all the time, and just some different things. And so I was really grateful for that. I thought, Lord, if this, for this one person, that's great. Well, as it turned out, they asked me to do the morning devotion. So I said, okay. So a couple of days later, I did the morning devotion, and there was a few other girls in there. And through that, I was able to share my story with them very vulnerably. And afterwards, it just opened up a lot of doors for deep discussion and a chance to really relate to them and to build some relationships. And prayerfully, hopefully, that they will not waste their years, that they will see and have a, a heart for what I had to say, that life is short. Coming on this end of it, life is short. And I do regret those wasted years, and yet God redeemed them, and I can't feel like that's a waste because he is in control, and he had the power to do that and for me to share that. So I built some more relationships and was able at the aftertime to have a really long day with one girl spending the whole day just talking to her. And I just felt like... He was able to, to use me in that way, regardless of my age. And so all those fears that I had, he took care of.
Thanks. It was really fun to hear them like promoing the like morning devotion that my mom was going to do because they don't really translate it. It's all in Czech. So you hear hippie, Jeanette. <laughs> so they're kind of like saying like, you know, she was a hippie and da 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 and come hear her story. And so that was pretty funny. We're like, ah, oh, they're using the hippie part to promo this. Awesome. So um, I asked everyone on our team in an email to answer the question, how did you grow as a follower of Jesus? And it was really interesting and fun for me to see the responses because they were different in a lot of ways, but there were also some really similar themes across our team. All of us came away with a deeper sense of how big God is, right, and how big his family is. And um, we were challenged to be bolder in sharing our faith. And we grew in our love for God and, and our ability to share that love with other people, right? But one thing that especially stood out to me was that on some level, most of us went into this trip really feeling kind of like we didn't have a lot to give. Um, or wondering what we ha would have to give. Um, and in showing up anyway, we received so much in return, and we learned to depend on God in new ways. And Ryan's not here to share this with you himself, um, but I felt like his answer was just really insightful and kind of captured the experience um, of some of us. Uh, and I just want to share it with you, so I'm going to read it. It's not very long. This is, this is what Ryan would say if he were here. So Ryan, more hair, taller. All right. <laughs> On this trip, I learned a lot about looking for Jesus in the darkness. I went into the trip feeling completely spent, emotionally, physically, and most of all, spiritually. I had nothing left to give. I was done before we even started, and I told God that. One night I prayed, that's all I got, God. What do you got? And instead of giving me a way, a way out, Jesus met me right where I was. He gave me strength that I didn't have. He filled me with energy and joy with no obvious source but him. And he shined his light into the darkest parts of my soul. My doubts turned to trust, and my shame turned to love. By no will of my own, everything I was doing was about showing people that Jesus loved them. I wanted people to feel the love that I was feeling. Just by giving up on having anything to give and telling God to take over, I was so filled up with the love that I could only pour it out. I know all of that sounds very over the top and cliche, and it kind of is, but I don't know how else to describe the way that God met me. He shone in and through my darkness. So Annalise, unlike Ryan, you are here, um, so I'll ask you directly, how did you grow as a follower of Jesus in the Czech Republic, and how do you see that impacting who you are back here at home? Yeah, um, oh, I think I grew just um, in the way that when you're there, you really realize how much actions speak louder than words. It's easy to kind of get caught up in like, oh, like I should be having really deep spiritual conversations with people, but sometimes people can only say, hi, my name is whatever, in ch like in English. And the thing you can really only do is just to love them and reach out to them because like oh, my grandpa was saying in Czech, they really don't feel valued or like they have a lot of worth. Um, and I kind of realized how much that applies here too in your life here. Like your actions do speak louder than words and the way you love people, often like that speaks more to God's love than you just saying, oh, I'm a Christian. And it just is a reminder that we're all citizens of heaven. Like, our home is not this earth, and this life is short. And so just to live for that kingdom and put that first. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. All right, we have a little video for you guys that will hopefully put a little color, um, put some images to, um, to what we did. And it does kind of go a little chronologically through our trip. So hopefully it'll make a little more sense with what Jill said. Thanks hear all the music and stuff with that um so we'll email that out if you see a link this week from kbc um we'll email that out you can actually watch it with the music and kind of get the whole because music is so much a part of what we do and you'll get a better sense of kind of what that looked like and what that felt like so here we go
Well, good morning. I'm Jordan Gladden. I'm going to give an update on uh, what we were able to do this summer in Canada. This is the fifth year that we've taken a team up to serve in the community of uh, Sioux Lookout. And um, the first question, well, let me just say it's nothing short of a miracle um, that we as a small church in the middle of a cornfield have sent families to live um, among the First Nations people in Canada for the purpose of serving them in the love and the truth of the gospel. Um, I don't want to miss the opportunity to give God glory for what he is doing, and that's why I'm here this morning. Um, as the Karises, being Ron and Jen, and they're now three boys, um, and the Clackengays, their partners, um, were preparing to commit their lives to serve in the, I'll just say frozen north, um, they made this short video that we're going to show explaining the spiritual needs and the environment in which they were moving. Um, and I think they say it far better than I would. So we're going to go ahead and uh, show this, and I'll step up afterward. Northwest Ontario is home to more remote First Nation communities than any other region in North America, many of which are unreached with the gospel and don't have evangelical churches. The Karas and Clackengay families have spent two years intensively training to be missionaries among unreached people groups like these. And now, after years of praying, they have decided to commit their lives to serving these people. The first native community that to every tribe is sending them to is called Cat Lake First Nation. It is a relatively small and very remote community, accessible only by aircraft 11 months out of the year. The exception to that is in February when they build an ice road to bring in fuel and supplies. Cat Lake is home to a precious people, precious to God and therefore us. The people in this community have been through much suffering. On top of their own fallenness in Adam, they have been greatly abused by outsiders. Beginning in the late 1800s, an entire generation of children ages four and up were sent away to residential schools against the will of their families. This was the experience of almost all children until 1970. The residential schools were funded by the Canadian government and staffed by various Christian denominations. At these schools, unthinkable and utterly horrifying things occurred. Children were malnourished, physically and sexually abused, disciplined when they spoke in their native languages or practiced their native culture, and some children did not even live to see their families again. Though the residential schools have all been shut down, lives have forever been changed. Children were reunited with their families after years, in some cases more than a decade of separation. During that time, their language and culture had been aggressively stripped from them. And upon returning home, some could no longer communicate with their parents. These children are now parents and grandparents themselves. Many have struggled, having no model of family growing up, no frame of reference of marriage to pass on. Living through such traumatic abuse, Families today in the communities are suffering wounds from the past that have continued to bleed into the present. Sadly, some living without hope have taken their lives in suicide. Others have turned to alcohol and prescription drugs to numb the pain. And now, the newest generation of children are growing up in this extremely difficult environment. As for the presence of the gospel in these communities, it has been as adulterated as the culture. 
Those that first shared the gospel with the children were in many cases the very people that perverted the gospel by abusing them. Therefore, church and the white man are not a welcome thought for everyone. Many still hold bitterness in their hearts over what the so-called Christians took from them. Contrary to what has been done in the past, our heart is to serve the First Nations people by making disciples of Christ, teaching them to share the hope of the gospel in their own community, and helping them establish their own native-led local church. It's going to take a lot of work and sacrifice to bring the message of the gospel to Cat Lake, but it is worth it. Jesus is worth it. As the Apostle Paul was traveling the ancient world sharing the good news of Jesus Christ, he would establish a body of believers and then use that church kind of as a stepping stone to go farther forward with the gospel. Um, he knew that as Christ was building his body, that the gospel could only go as far as followers of Jesus were growing Jesus' followers. Um, in the same way, um, these remote northern communities, like the one discussed here in the video, um, they're supported by say vibrant, strategically located, God-breathed body of believers in Sioux Lookout called Calvary Baptist Church. This community is crucial to the northern communities as it is a supply, refueling hub. Anything that needs to happen up there happens down through Sioux Lookout, and we're lucky to have um, a partnering church there. Um, it's so critical that even the Karises and the Klockengays um, lived there for a month waiting for their... Uh, um, their most recent children to be born. I mean, that is where the medical facility is. And it's in this strategic location that has done such a good, this church in this location has done such a good job serving our families up there that we continue year after year to go up there and serve them in some way and continue this relationship. Um, so let me talk about what did we do on this trip. Um, Sioux Lookout is a community of about 5,000 people, um, nearly half of those people being of First Nations descent. Um, the church has a difficult time making relationships directly with the First Nations adults in the community for reasons you could probably pick out from the video. There's a lot of distrust. But for the last three years, significant inroads have been made um, through children's ministry and specifically from holding a vacation Bible school. Um, and so we, as KBC, were able to offer some of our experience and start this three years ago, and we've continued that since. As we show our love for the children, um, often the parent's heart is softening toward the idea of church and opening opportunities to continue to share the gospel and tell the good news of Jesus Christ. Our team also, or we work very well alongside their team and have grown in over the years. Um, so not only VBS, but we also perform many acts of service within the community for the sake of the reputation of the church, but ultimately of Jesus Christ and having opportunities to show love through that. Um, not only did VBS and just working in that community, but also there is um, there's a camp not far outside of Sioux Lookout called uh, Camp of the Woods. This camp is staffed by Jesus followers who faithfully serve uh, campers with the gospel and love. This is where Rebecca Lewis now lives. Um, she is camp staff and has been for about the last year and a half. And she was joined this summer by um, her brother, Zach, who was able to also come on as a camp counselor. This camp supports the Karises and Klockengays and the youth from Cat Lake in that they host a, a week-long camp where they're doing the same thing. They're engaging them through activity and the gospel. Um, and so we were able to spend at least an afternoon there just serving the camp. In this case, it was three or four hours of cutting and stacking wood. Um, 
but it was a great time and we were able to serve through that. Um, some of the other questions, how did you see um, or help others grow as Jesus followers? Basically kind of what did we do and what did we see God do? Um, I want you to hear some of that through uh, one of the students themselves. So Josiah, if you could make your way up. Josiah was on the trip this year and was able to, to serve faithfully in VBS, and I know he uh, has some stuff that he wants to share. Well, hi, I'm Josiah. Many of you know me. Um, I was privileged to go on the Canada trip this year. It was a great experience where I really got to see God's work and also, and also um, just see God's work in me and in others. Um, we got to put on a VBS. I was a storyteller and I also helped with games. And in games, you don't really see a lot of the work that God does in the kids, but you do get to help the other, uh, the kids just get out energy and be able to focus. Um, I heard stories from some of the other age group leaders about the impact that we had, especially as like storytellers and um, just VBS staff as a whole in just pouring into the kids and that they really got stuff out. They were listening, they were paying attention to what we were saying, which as games, we didn't see firsthand, but we got to see, uh, to know about that through the stories that the other age group leaders told. We built relationships. This is one of the big things that we did. Um, David talked about this a little bit. You, get, you spend a week with a group of people and you really get ingrained in their life and you feel like you've been with them for months or, or longer and building those relationships is sometimes hard when you have to leave a week later, but it's a really good experience to just to pour into their lives and build up Jesus followers everywhere in Canada, Czech, um, it, I just wanted to close with it. It was just an awesome experience. Just the feeling, the seeing God's work in our lives and the lives of our team members, the youth up there that we got to work alongside was also a really, really great experience. And I'd love to go up there again at some point in the future. Um, he used a key word, which is relationship. And if there's anything that these trips have taught me is that we're really pushy as Americans and we have our task list, but you can never go farther than what your relationship is. And I'm, and I'm glad that the Great Commission called us to make disciples, not to make converts. We're not walking around smacking people with the truth. We're engaging them in love and growing with them. And that's, that's the way God treats us. And that is the, the only thing that works in this community. Um, and, you know, all the northern communities, and that's what Ron and Jen and Matt and Ashley and all of them are up there doing. They are serving in love to kind of win opportunities to share the hope that they have. And so the relationship, we will continue to grow with the church up there. Um, we're sending people up there. We'd love to have them come down and be a part of it, or something down here. But it's, it's hard to sum up all of this thing um, in a very short time, but it has been an amazing opportunity, and God is continuing to open doors for us um, as a church. I also get another question. They say, well, okay, I understand foreign missions. You can kind of check that off your list, but why are we going to Canada when there are unsaved people in our community? And, and I like that question because over the years, I've kind of learned, been shown the answer. When you go somewhere and you see 
you kind of get what God's doing in the world. You see his plan of redemption carried out to people that are hopeless. You now understand the hope that you have for the guy next door. You now understand what it's like to be able to, to step out and, um, and actually how much easier it is to share your life with somebody who's closer than 800 miles to the north. And so we're very excited about that. We want to continue to do it. There are also other opportunities to get involved in what's going on up there. Um, so we want to continue to pray about that as a church, figure out what is our next step and uh, continue to pray for the needs of the community up there and of the northern communities. So as Jesse talked about, there is that prayer um, card um, in your bulletin. So please look at the uh, check prayer request. Please look at the Canada ones and be praying about what God might put on your heart to want to be involved. Right now it's a youth trip that we're going up with three families and a whole bunch of crazy youth. Um, but we'd like to continue to see that relationship grow and involve more people, in fact, the entire church. So. Um, on that and the idea of what can we do kind of here in the community, I kind of want to turn things over to Jesse, who's going to close our time. But uh, just pray that God would be uh, continue, continually honored by what he is doing in Canada. Thanks, Jordan. Thanks, Amber. Thanks um, for everybody who shared this morning. It was good just to hear a bit. Um, look forward to hearing more when we get the, <laughs> the video clip um, that we can we can. We, I, I just want to see here what was behind Jim dancing, especially. That's the one thing that I, I really am looking forward to. There's the story. Well, it is good. Let me, let me just tag on to what Jordan was saying, um, because our hope is that we're not just continuing to get more and more involved and expanding our work in Canada and the Czech Republic, but that our involvement there would spur us on um, to further reach, better reach, um, those in our own community. Uh, Catherine and I are seeing um, God work in our own lives um, in that way and just the joy of being able to share the story of what we believe with those who don't know it yet is an amazing thing that, that God's given us an opportunity to do even here in our own uh, in Sycamore and DeKalb and one of the ways uh, that we're going to focus on that even this um, upcoming season is through our home groups. And that might sound strange because our home groups haven't really been that in the past. And some of them are going to continue to be just um, places where, where deep shepherding can occur. But we're, we're looking and hoping that in this next season, we can start to transition some of them uh, to be more missionally minded, to be more um, cooperative efforts of reaching your neighbors for Christ. That, that now is a time that you would even start thinking, we're going to have more on this next week. I'm going to bring some of this into our, our service next week. But start thinking now about who you could partner with. Two or three other couples, a few other singles from our, our, um, our community of faith, who you can partner with to reach your neighbors for Jesus. That We're going to start to weave that into to how we do the rhythm of home groups that will be on for for five or so um, sessions during uh, the, the fall, five or so sessions during the spring, but then even intentionally um, picking up what can we do as a service project to those in our neighborhood? Where are the needs that we can meet and be the hands and feet of Jesus even as we be the mouthpiece of Jesus? And so I want you to start thinking in this next week, this is your one to do besides looking out for that link to this video. Your one to do for the next week is if you're not involved in a home group, if you're, not, if you're not involved in some aspect of the church where you're laboring alongside two or three others um, from our church body, start thinking now 
of who can you meet with on a regular basis who's going who's gonna, to who's gonna partner with you, um, walk alongside of you when, when, when life hits the fan and you need somebody to do that, but also is going to, to, to push beyond that, to spur you on in your witness for Jesus. So I'll talk a little more about that next week. Next week we're going to start as well. It's going to fit um, just rather nicely with our fall series that we're going to start next week, walking through the book of Jonah. And God's heart for a godless nation, but also God's heart for a godless prophet, because that's the story of each and every one of us, that God's made room for us to be his tools because he used Jesus to make room in his family for us ourselves. Thank you for joining us. For more information about our church, please visit our church's website at kishbible.org. That's K-I-S-H-Bible.org.